Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're going to talk with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Talking about USC Spring Football. Three weeks are down, two weeks to go. Lots of topics to get to. you got a lot of questions you guys have sent in for the coach and myself. So if you have any questions for us, we do love to hear from you. Podcast at uscfootball.com. That is our email address. You can also leave us a voicemail, 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail right for us there. Of course, you go to itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. Subscribe to the show there. You can also rate us. You can leave feedback. We love positive feedback. Helps propagate the show to other Trojan fans. All right, well, let's bring in the man of the hour, Coach Harvey Hyde. What is up, Coach? How you doing? Ryan, it's a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful weekend, and now we charge into another week of uh, spring practice. We've got the final championship game tonight, uh, Villanova, North Carolina, which should entertain people uh, quite a bit. And I had an opportunity to know Jay Wright when he was at uh, UNLV for a period of time. Now he's at Villanova, and of course everybody knows Roy Williams, so it's going to be a great game tonight, along with all the spring football that's going on. I had a chance to watch the Michigan spring game on the Big Ten Network. Had a chance to talk to some media people. Over at practice on Saturday for the scrimmage, uh, the swim with Mike uh, was huge. They went over a million dollars again, uh, raising money uh, for the physically handicapped uh, athlete. That uh, They scholarship at not only just USC now, but all over the world. Fabulous event there. The SC band was out at the pool and out of practice. They had a coaching clinic at USC this past weekend with various speakers out there and their coaches. They had recruits at this practice. Quite a big weekend on the campus at USC. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. I did not go on Saturday. I actually helped my uh, our one of our writers, Shotgun, uh, move. He's moving downtown with his girlfriend, lovely girlfriend Megan. So we, uh, I was helping them. Uh, move and decided to uh, skip, skip practice on Saturday, which we'll kind of get to in a second. Wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. Go to sctickets.com or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. is opening day for baseball. Uh, if you want to check out, still a time, I think you can check out the Angels game um, down in Anaheim. I think they're playing the Cubs. But yeah, if you want some baseball tickets now, sctickets.com, uh, they can hook you up. So, Coach, I didn't go on Saturday, like you said. I went Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and, you know, part of the reason is, well, we're not allowed to talk to anybody but Clay Helton on Saturdays. We can only talk. So we only talk to the coach. Most of the reason I'm there, you know, I'm observing, but I'm also getting interviews with players and coaches. Um, the fact that I was going to have Shotgun and uh, Dan there, I said, you know, I'm just not going to go to this one. And part, you know, part of the reason, though, my subconscious was, it's hard to see anyway. So if I can't do any interviews, there's a lot of stuff you just can't see. And it sounded like Saturday with Swim with Mike and the coaches clinic, 
there was a lot more people on the field making it even a lot tougher than normal to try to see what was going on. No, I agree with you. Uh, Ryan, it's very difficult to try to report back a complete report on what you see during individual grill, drills, uh, pass blocking drills, uh, running drills, because the uh, field is completely surrounded uh, from us where you can't really see the, the main action of what's going on. And then the individual drills are so far away from you as far as the offensive line and the defensive line. But, uh, you know, we've talked about that before. I don't really understand the purpose for that. And also the parents. The parents are required to stay in an area farther away from the field where they had all the uh, practices going on, mainly the, uh, say, three-quarters of the practice going on. So, you know, I sort of feel bad for them, too, because they're not able to watch their uh, son uh, participate in spring practice like they should be. But I do want to say this. I know I'm not supposed to talk to parents, all of the above, but when parents come up and talk to me, I want you to know I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm going to be polite. I look forward to meeting the parents of players at USC, discussing the, uh, their son and all the things that are going on out there. And, and I want to thank all of you because you're so supportive of your son and, and your family members are so supportive of USC's football program that it's great to, to talk with you. I had a chance to talk to uh, David Bale, whose son is a walk-on at USC, Matt Bale. David played for me at Pasadena City College and went on and started in the Rose Bowl, played tight end for the University of Washington. His son is there, and it's great to see them and talk with them and other parents, which I will not identify, but I want to thank them for coming up, and I enjoy meeting you. I want you to know that, and I know how much it means to your family that your son does well. So I just want to say that on behalf of my feelings, and uh, you do not do it on the field. We do it... Uh, Outside, when I happen to be walking away, somebody will say, hey, coach, and I'll say, yes, sir, and they'll introduce themselves to me, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity of meeting you because I know how you feel. I enjoy talking to you. I wanted to say that. Now, continuing with it, Ryan, we can go anywhere you want. Uh, we can talk about some of the drills, the scrimmage. We can talk about goods, bads, uh, where the program is, some of the things the parents might have said to me, which – I think I should share because I'm not giving any names of uh, parents, but the feeling of most of the parents were they're having fun. The kids are having fun. And uh, they enjoy the new coaching staff. And they respect them. And I think that's very, very important. So I want to pass that on to all of our listeners. And uh, also, I get the feeling that they're working harder than what they've worked in the past. And to me, they're, I think they're learning how to practice, okay? Let me just use this term, learning how to practice. you got to learn how to practice. Practice is, the way I always felt, was supposed to be tougher than the game. The game was supposed to be the celebration part of practicing. And they're starting to learn how to practice. It's not like these practices are harder. They're not harder. They're just normal. They should be even be more physical, according to me. You know, me, I, it can't be physical enough because that's what the game's all about. But to see kids hitting the sled again and driving the sled, to see kids working hard and sweating and thinking they're working hard gives them more confidence in what they're attempting to do in battle. 
So kids are learning how to practice harder. I think they'll increase that a little bit more, get a little bit more physical as they go. Callaway's got those offensive linemen, you know, uh, blocking the sled, which I've always believed in as far as legs and getting your legs in shape. There's only one way to get your legs in shape, and that's hit the sled. Now, the only step farther that I used to do as an old offensive line coach, we just didn't hit it once and rotate. I used to have them drive the sled completely down the field, huddle up, break the huddle, come back, do 15 or 16 in a row or 10 in a row, because it's like a football drive. And the more times you hit that sled in a row after a huddle, the more stronger you get. And when it gets down to the goal line, you're stronger and more confident than the defensive player. But you've done this time after time after time, and you're not as tired. So I hope that Callaway gets into this too. Not that I'm telling him how to coach the offensive line. I'm just telling you the way I coach the offensive line. So I saw a lot of things positive that way. The parents are positive. I think that's very important that you have a happy family behind the scenes. There's a lot of uh, things that uh, they will continue working on. And it was good seeing Juju back on the field. He made some great catches. He certainly is a tremendous receiver. And they worked on goal line offense. We can talk about that. We can talk about the offensive line. We can talk about secondary tackling as you go along here, Ryan. I'm rambling too long, and I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, there are a lot you of got to learn how to tell me shut up, Coach. <laughs> Never, Coach. Um, no, it was good. I wanted to get your assessment from what was going on Saturday because there was a lot going on at practice. So I'm glad. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a positive sign seeing that they're, you know, look to be, appear to be working harder and really learning how to practice. And we have a lot of different topics from questions, so I think we'll probably touch on a lot of the, the subjects you just mentioned. So maybe we just jump into some questions, and we'll uh, we'll we'll start talking some spring football again. You got it, buddy. All right. So Tarek is the first up. He said, "If you were Clay Helton, how would you use the tight ends?" He says, "P.S. I love your honest approach to talking about these issues." That's Tarek. Well, I think the tight end is really an important weapon in your offensive side of the football. First of all, he's a big receiver, and he's got to be a very physical type of blocker, I think, to be able to get off tackle and dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, and I don't want to compare the Michigan uh, scrimmage, but their tight ends were both 6'6", 6'7", 265 pounds. And you know, and I don't have to tell you that they love to run the football, and they're in double tight a lot, and they try to own the line of scrimmage. and they also throw the ball, and uh, when you throw the ball to a tight end that's very physical and bigger than the defensive back, it just makes sense. If you throw the ball in his area and he's big, he's going to catch the ball, and you're going to have pass interference. So uh, I think a tight end should be a, a special player. I think a tight end can cause your defense a lot of problems, especially when he goes to the open area. You can do a lot of delay routes to him, crossing routes, which USC does curl routes to him, seam routes, splat him, uh, split him, excuse me, split him out, uh, throw the slant to him, throw some fades to him. He's big. Put him in the slot, hit him on quick routes, do different things, uh, crossing routes with him. Cause a lot of problems with the secondary. You really can, especially when he's a great blocker and he has good hands. Uh, USC's tight ends uh, uh, are utilized, but not as much. That's probably what they should be, and I think the reason for that is because they have so many gifted receivers that they try to throw the ball to them a little bit more than they do to tight end. But I think when you throw the ball throughout the entire field, it's going to make your gifted receivers a lot better, too. They're going to be in space more. And uh, 
I think a tight end is is a, is a really weapon. That's what I, the way I that's should uh, describe him, and I think it's always caused defenses a lot of problems. All right, uh, thanks for that one, Tarek. Let's go, our buddy Nick in Cyprus. He says hello, Trojan fans, and with a long hello in his email, he said. So this is about Scott Felix. So if you didn't see, um, USC sent out a release uh, last week that Scott Felix is uh, will not be eligible. Uh, his career as a USC Trojan football player is over. He took an over-the-counter supplement that was banned, uh, appealed to the NCAA, and it was rejected. So he he put a statement out, you know, apologizing and all of that. But Scott Felix will not return uh, to the USC football team. So uh, Nick wrote in and said, question regards to the dismissal of Scott Felix. Um, he says, what do you think of the NCAA decision to kick him off the team? Do you buy the idea of USC keeping him involved in the team? Uh, what was he reported to be taking uh, as a failed drug test? Fight on from Nick. Well, according to the release, and Ryan, you saw the release, it says, uh, and he apologizes to the team, to the university, to everyone as far as taking an over-the-counter supplement of some type, and I don't know what it was. Not that I care because it's none of my business, but that wasn't allowed. He said he did it innocently. And when tested, it showed up. So uh, you have rules, and you have rules to follow. That it's part of growing up and knowing and responsibility. And hate to be harsh on this, but maybe you should check with the training staff if this is okay to take before. So I think it's a, a combination of not being on top of what you should do and trying to get a little edge on the game itself and assuming it'll be all right, or maybe I won't get caught. So it's a terrible situation that a young man who has great ability will have to pass on his final year of eligibility. Uh, the NCAA has been lenient, very lenient, I think a lot, on eligibility for your sixth year and, and different things. But I guess this makes a statement that we're not going to be any type of show any type of passion for this type of pen, or this type of infraction. So I think that it's uh, a shame that it happened. Uh, but I think the young man will become a better person because of it, because life isn't easy. And sometimes you learn things through the toughest part of your life when you lose something and, and you have to fight back. You don't score a touchdown on every play. So I think that the university uh, asking to assist him and keep him on scholarship, or I think that's that. I think that's great. I think it's great. He, he's given a lot to the university. The kid can get his degree, and in some way can help as far as an example to others on what not to do. And I think this is a living example of that to these young athletes who come in to try to get the extra edge as far as, you know, it's not worth it. So uh, I'm proud of the university and keeping a part of the program. He has nothing to be embarrassed about. He apologized. He just did something he shouldn't have done. He didn't use good common sense and judgment. I think that's the best way of saying it. All right. So you, you like the fact that he'll still be involved in the team somehow? Yeah. Sure, there's okay. nothing wrong with it. Every time you look at him, you think of it as a player that that's something I don't want to do. All right, let's move on. We have uh, Jeff in South Orange County. He wants to play a little game. 
he says, let's play a game. Who do these Trojans look like? Uh, so for first, it's Max Brown. He's like, do you think they looks more like Brad Otten, who you know, uh, Rob Johnson, or an early career Carson Palmer, the on-the-field prowess as opposed to the physical similarities? He says, you have 10 seconds. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> wow. Those are pretty good players. Uh, right now, uh, I would say he's got to create his own identity. Uh, looking like any of them, I would say, gosh, Ryan, uh, he's still, he's a little bit different than all of them. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's like. Yeah, he really is. He's a little bit different than all of them. And uh, for me to, to try to compare him, he isn't like just one. He's got a little bit of traits of all of them. Uh, he's working hard. He's still got to accomplish a lot now. You believe me. In practice, it's a lot different than being in a game. So it's hard to give you in a comparison. But I think he's got potential if given the opportunity to do the right things and, and, and have the right offense and create the running game to assist him in the passing game. I think he can be a leader. I think Sam Darnold can be a leader. I'm starting to see that of both of them. I love the competition that's going on out there. I still think Max Brown is number one, but I think Sam Darnold is making him be a better football player, Max Brown, in knowing that this guy's right after my you-know-what. He's pushing me. I think it's great for the competition of the team. I think in taking these kids and making them surround him with great athletes and allow them to get the ball to great athletes and run the football and do what's necessary to be a great offense is what's going to make Max Brown a great quarterback. You're not a great quarterback unless you allow this kid to use a great talent. You put him in a position where he can be successful. Uh, so we'll see what happens and how far they go. They still have a lot to add to the offense. There's so much right now currently, as far as the way I watch it, missing from the offense. They've got another two weeks to add jet sweeps and counters and things. I hope they're going to add and more screens and maybe a draw play do different things. I love their goal line series that they did on Saturday. We'll talk about that. There's a question about it. They lined up and pounded the ball, and I love seeing that. They had, And they were successful at it. How good they are at it is how good the defense is. How good is the defense? Well, we're not quite sure yet. We have to see what the front guys, uh, how they end up. They don't have the numbers, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, no, I, that's the best way for me to answer that question, and I'm sorry I can't give you a more definite answer, but right now that's the way I look at it, right? He uh, he also wanted to know about Sam Darnold. Any, do you think he looks like any previous Trojans? I was trying to think about it. No one's – I mean, maybe like a Mark Sanchez kind of. I'm, I'm not sure. What do, what do you think? No, I don't think so. I, you're right. I think he's got his own identity. Yeah, He's not a – Barkley Matter, he's not a Sanchez. He's sort of in between him in a different way. Yeah, he's got a, definitely a strong arm, and he's competing out there. So, I think he has a strong arm in both of them. Interesting, yeah. Um, this size-wise, like these guys just aren't as big as some of the players that USC had before at quarterback. That's I think that's why. Just physical size, you can say, oh, ignore that. But it's hard to ignore it when you see them. They're just... They just don't have the size. You know, no one looks like Carson Palmer out there to me. 
Yeah. Uh, no, no, they, they've got a ways to go. They yeah. really do. They're bigger than those other guys. And, and uh, when I met the, when I made the comic about he's got a strong arm as a, as a freshman, he has a strong arm. I really think he's at this stage. I, I think Sam Darnold could be ahead of Sanchez and Barkley. I really do. Yet Barkley started as a freshman. Darnold has shown a lot. He really has. Yeah. Um, well, we do have a question on the quarterbacks, too. So it says, Chris here, alumni from 2008. Uh, first time asking a question for the podcast. Well, thanks, Chris, for writing in. Question uh, in regards to the quarterback competition. I've been reading a lot about how Clay Helton has been claiming there is a gap between Max and Sam. But lately, it seems that Helton is heaping praise on Darnold uh, with little to no complaints. Uh, I'm sorry, compliments of Max. Do you think Helton's constant praise of Sam will start to affect Max's confidence? I understand a likely motivation tactic to keep Darnold's confidence up while attempting to light a fire under Max. It seems risky to constantly build up one player, Darnold, while giving little acknowledgement to another player, Brown, who I think most SC fans see as a potential superstar. Thanks and fight on. Well, you have an interesting question there. You don't know exactly what his game plan is uh, as far as mentally. With Max off the field, he's probably talking with Max a lot about he's the guy. I hope he is, and you're ahead of Sam, but he's motivating Sam that he's doing a good job. Tell him to continue to compete. Maybe he has closed the gap. Maybe he's getting better, and uh, I think that's important to see. But I agree. I, I don't think I think he should give Max more credit but i think he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and you just don't say too much about a guy you can always say he's doing an excellent job but he's and you can say he's moving away from sam sam Darnold. but maybe they're both playing uh, a better type of football as far as throwing the football so yes uh i still think max is the guy i'll agree with you not only because uh of his experience but he's an older player I think that Sam's doing a great job. And I'll tell you, a guy who's not a bad football player is this green kid. I'll tell you, he threw a strike at the end of the scrimmage to Darius Rogers. Wow, it was a perfect streak, just a perfect throw. And I'll tell you, he uh, is great. He has great feet, could add a lot to the Trojan offense. No one talks about him much. But I tell you, if he could throw the ball a little bit more, he'd be in a, better. He'd be in an explosive type of quarterback. And, you know, you talk about quarterbacks in the nation today. With the spread type of offense and the quarterbacks that are running around like they're doing, well, you know, it's almost like it's becoming a scoring contest. And rather than a defensive football game, it becomes a scoring contest. Who's going to outscore who? So you almost can't account for the athletic quarterback anymore. I mean, how do you stop them? So people are starting to now just try to outscore each other. So, you know, quarterback uh, quarterbacks are different. The way USC uses their quarterbacks and the way other teams use their quarterbacks, now Michigan uses them very similar to USC, but a different type of philosophy. So does, uh, well, take Ohio State. They have athletic quarterbacks. How about Notre Dame? They have three great athletic quarterbacks. I mean, tremendous quarterbacks that can run and pass the football. Well, it's almost difficult on the defensive side of the ball to count for them. You can't stop everything. So you somewhat have a little bit of an edge, I think, if you can find that quarterback that can do it all. And I think that's what teams are looking for now. 
because it's becoming more of a scoring type of college football than it used to be a defensive type of college football in the power game. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's go next up. It says, what's good, Ryan, and guest for today? That would be Coach Harry Hyde. Brian from Beham checking in, Birmingham. Got a question for you. I've never seen SC this deep with amazing talent at the wide receiver position. What's even more astonishing, uh, they may have to redshirt some guys that coming into this year, uh, some guys that are coming into this year to keep uh, from wasting a season. Guys that would start for other major programs. But here's my question. Considering the wide receivers that are in the NFL right now from USC, like Woods, Lee, and Nelson, then throw in Juju, uh, if you had to choose one out of those four named, in your opinion, who was or is the better college receiver? Love the show. Fight on. Uh, he said, sorry for the reset. I had to correct the spelling of a word. Yeah, so he sent it in again. But who do you think of those guys? Uh, Robert Woods, uh, Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar, and then Juju Smith. Uh, who was the best college receiver of that group? Well, uh, that's a difficult question. Uh, but they're all a little bit different as far as athletes are concerned. Uh, great, they've had great college football careers. Um, I think Juju Smith's a more physical type of football player than the others. Um, I'm, I don't know who the fastest is. They're all pretty fast. Uh, I don't think they're, I hate to say this, I think. Aguilar may be the fastest, uh, but uh, Juju's fast enough, and Robert and them, they're, they're great. Marquise Lee, they're great players. They try to say who's the best. I don't know who's the best. How do you say who's the best? They're all good. They've all had a great career at USC. They've all had the great type of, of careers as far as number of catches. and So on. I don't think Juju Smith will have the number of catches or touchdowns as some of the others because they were primarily the guy. And I think that the coaches of the past had a guy and had more of an idea of wanting to set records as far as receptions, yards, make guys Heisman Trophy candidates, the Blitnikoff winners. A lot of time I think that thought was there. Now, I don't know, but I'm sure they had other great receivers that could have caught the ball too. And with the return of Juju Smith on Saturday, he made some great plays, but also other players made great plays. And I think it, I don't want to say it made the team better that Juju was hurt for a week and didn't practice, but it allowed the quarterback to look around and find out who these other guys are. And they're damn good too. And you don't have to throw the ball all the time to one favorite guy. And I think that helped them in a way because Saturday they spread the ball around a little bit more. Guys had success. Darius Rogers made some great catches. And what I was impressed with, and I've seen it, but I didn't see it back-to-back as when uh, the play broke down and the quarterback had to scramble. Darius and uh, Burnett made a couple of great plays as far as they had a route call. They saw the quarterback was in trouble. The route wasn't there at the beginning. They broke the route off and came back to the football to an open area, and they and the quarterback hit him. These are the type of things you have to look for in all your receivers, not just one receiver. So sitting Juju out for a couple of days to rehab a little bit, I think caused uh, the quarterbacks to realize, or at least they saw 
that you have some receivers that can play, and I think it brought a lot more confidence to the receiver core. Whitney made a nice catch. Uh, Hampton made a great catch. Uh, Mitchell made a great catch. Uh, these type of things, in fact, they broke tackles. I didn't have a chance to mention this in the defensive side of the football. We haven't talked much defense. But they ran through blocks, uh, and, and they ran through tackles. They made big plays on the second effort after catching the football. And uh, the guys were trying to block them down sometimes, and they came in hard. But you got to tackle them down. They, they made extra yards by that effort of catching the football and, and running. And, and I'll tell you, when you have big receivers like Hampton and Juju and Whitney and these guys, I'll tell you, it's hard to knock them down especially when they put their shoulder to you. So uh, I, I can't say who's the best. All I can say is you've got great receivers. I agree with you on the group of receivers that are at, at SC, and I think they should redshirt two or three of them. I think it would be a waste of talent to allow them all to play, what, five plays, ten plays, just to play them and use up year eligibility. Coach, I would, you know, Brian, Coach wouldn't give you a name. I'll give you a name. I'm going to go with Marquise Lee. I'll pick him, Coach. Um, it's all kind of a unique situation. I, you know, Juju Smith has been like on his own. Um, there hasn't been all those other guys. You know, Robert Woods comes in, and then someone comes in behind him to be his Batman. You know, there everyone had a Robin, uh, except Juju Smith hasn't had his Robin yet. So there's always been like this other really good up and coming receiver. You know, who's next on the list? Um, Juju doesn't have that. So he's kind of in a little separate deal. He's, I think his numbers are going to go up because of that. Marquise Lee had the one thing where he was the Robin that overtook the Batman. So, and you could argue that was because Lane Kiffin was kind of forcing it to him or whatever. But the fact that, you know, Robert Woods was a stud and Lee comes in and pretty much overtakes him, um, was pretty amazing. I mean, that was a, you know, those two guys at the same time, uh, you know, Roberts last year, it was, it was pretty special to watch those two guys play. But the fact that he came in and actually, you know, was the second guy and literally overtook Robert Woods, I would give it to him as being the best college receiver at USC. All right, buddy. Whatever you say, I'll go along <laughs> with, okay? You know, just they want to, they want to know our opinion. So I just, you know, it's, it's, no, it's no, obvious. Ryan, please do so. Please do that. I never even thought of that, okay? Yeah. There was just, you know, this is my little take on that stuff, but it's, yeah. uh, Okay, so let's see. Let's move on. We got a couple more, and we'll let you go, Coach. Um, this is from the Midnight Rambler. I like that. He says, I was a walk-on on the 91 team. He goes, ugh, yeah, that one. And although I recall the press and attendance at practice, it was usually during the week leading up to a big game like Penn State, Notre Dame, or UCLA. We didn't have special uh, – we didn't have social media back then, and uh, as such, there was no way for people to offer a daily opinion – on the team and its players. I understand that technology progresses and that we have to deal with it, but with social media making it so easy to level harsh and in some cases unwarranted criticism at anyone from the privacy of your home, my question is, how can these young men read some very unflattering things about them, uh, both here and on other boards, and keep calm about it? I'm certain that they log into your site and others, but many, uh, maybe be, excuse me, but may be told by the coaches to say nothing. But still, this must get their blood up. How do they deal with it? Great show. Keep up the good work and fight on from the Midnight Rambler. Well, Midnight Rambler, I know you're correct in what you say. It's very difficult to keep your cool as a coach and a, an athlete. Uh, 
when supposed experts are expressing their opinion about your team, your coach, yourself, and really uh, don't know a lot about the background of what's really going on. I, I agree with you 100%. I've had to face that myself, and uh, I know exactly what you're saying. But I think that today with the social media, I think most parents and most players uh, listen to what you have to say, and sometimes they gain things from it as far as, you know, I never thought of that. Or parents saying, what what do you think my son's doing right or wrong, actually ask me. And it's just my opinion. And I think that nothing's personal. I think that, uh, you know, Clay Matthews was a walk-on. And, and uh and became a great player at USC. And there are great walk-ons that become great players at many universities. And I think it's a difficult thing to be, to hear critical things said about you, no matter who you are in whatever business you're in or whatever. Uh, you've got to learn to uh, control yourself. And, and I think it helps you grow up in keeping your cool, never showing your emotion, thinking before you talk and, uh, and uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to be criticized. I want you to know to get up and read a headline, and the headline in the newspaper doesn't even have anything to do with the article. How many times do you see that? That's absolutely ridiculous. A negative article, a ne- negative headline, and you read the article, and you say, what was that headline all about? So, uh, yes, yes, I want you to know, and it's hard for us, or me at least, Not, I won't say for others, to give you my opinion, especially when they're not a positive opinion. I like to be positive as often as I can because I think it's best, but I got to be honest on my opinion so you won't be listening anymore because uh, I respect your feelings, all of you and your knowledge of the game of football, being a parent, a player, ex-player, doesn't make any difference, coach, and you have an opinion and, and you know that whether I'm sugarcoating something or I'm telling the truth because you've all been in that situation. So I think that's the best way to explain it. It's not easy. And uh, it's not easy for the other people like myself either. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the players embrace, though, social media. And whenever you're going to be out in public, there's going to be, you know, in the public eye like that, there's trolls and people that are just going to, you know, we'll tweet out a video, like a video interview of a player, like Keely will do a video interview. So I'll tweet it out and I'll tag the player. Um, and, you know, a lot of people retweet it. A lot of people, oh, this is great. And there's always going to be some person on, on Twitter that's like, he sucks. Why did he drop that? You know, like there's always going to be something negative to say, tweeting like at this person. So I I definitely think they're used to it. Um, you know, sometimes they'll respond. You know, guys like Sua Cravens are very active and very, uh, you know, they're into social media. He's tweeting all the time. Um, if someone tweets negative stuff at him, like, you know, he can respond and other guys just ignore it. So I think it just depends on the player and, uh, but it, it is a different day and age, you know, and, um, you know, without the internet, it's changed the way coverage goes. Uh, but it's also given players a voice. So, um, Scott Felix, you know, would have sent a press release to USC before he can now tweet it out himself right away. And that's what he did. He tweeted out what he wanted to say and. Everyone retweets it and pushes it around. So it does also give the players a voice. It's not, it's not all bad. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of good things with social media, but the, the players and the athletes themselves having their own voice, you know, the big guys like Tiger Woods, he has his own website and his Facebook page. 
If he's not going to play in the Masters, he tweets that out or he posts it on his own Facebook page. He doesn't need to call a reporter from the Golf Channel and tell them and they get it out. Back in the day, like Arnold Palmer, if he had to do that, he would call, you know, call a reporter and they would just send a press release or something. So there's some good and some bad out there, Coach, but it, it does give the players a voice at least. No, it does. And uh, you've got to respect that too. They have the right to say what they want to say and sometimes they want it said the way they mean it. And sometimes reporters and uh, people uh, interpret what someone says a little differently than what he really said. So you get to hear it from himself. Yeah. And it's not always good that the players have a voice to be, I mean, to be fair, because they can get themselves, you can get yourselves in trouble too. I mean, you, you know, having that uh, soapbox to stand on that pulpit is, is nice, but you can, it can be, you know, abuse. We've seen, you know, there's no uh, undo button when you tweet something out or you post something on the internet, it's going to be there forever. And plenty of athletes have gotten trouble. Plenty of regular people, media, everyone. We've all done it. Um, you know, I've always thought about that coach where like, I did this on April Fool's Day, uh, right, like right at midnight, like when it turned April Fool's. I said, here's a name I'm hearing for the USC athletic director, something like that. Uh, Will Farrell, that he wants to get out of the entertainment yeah. industry. He's been involved in the uh, athletic department a lot. He was a former SID at USC. And uh, he's interviewed for the job. Something, something like that I tweeted out. And all these people, you know, people were like, oh, April Fool's. But other people were like kind of running with it. But I always thought that like you, you, know, you build up a following, you build up a some credibility. But all it takes is one, you know, tweet to bring that all down. So you call something, you say something, you know, you know, whatever. And you're completely wrong. And then everyone kind of turns on you and stuff. So. It's uh, it's you can build it up. It takes a long time to build up that credibility, but it can be shot down rather quickly just by one screw up. No, you're right. Uh, so uh, yeah, you got to be careful on what you're saying, what you do today, just like everybody else. So uh, as long as you're honest, you talk from the heart, you mean, uh, you know. Remember, I hope nobody takes anything we say personally. It's not a personal thing. It's just an opinion. So again, uh, Ryan, I want to thank you. I want to thank all of our listeners and. Thank you for your questions and all of that. Uh, I'm going to have to run off to Vegas next week, so I've got a lot going on. So uh, I might, I'm going to miss practice next week. I want everybody to know that now, but I'll be back the next week to get ready for the spring game. All right. Um, well, do you, hey, do you want to do one quick one, or do you, you want to get going here? What? Just show? Yeah, we got no Jamal. We got Jamal. One question for you. One last one. Oh yeah, let's do it. I thought we were done. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I kind of rambled on. No, no, I apologize. No, here we go. Okay, so question for Coach: We have seen football teams, specifically in the SEC, develop players physically. Since USC claims to be one of the finest Olympic programs in the country, uh, are they playing a role in helping the strength and conditioning staff develop our players? Should they be involved? Uh, do players get genetically tested and are there uh supplements made uh specifically for each player you guys should ask for access to help us understand what is and what isn't going on uh jamal and just so jamal knows um we're not allowed down in the weight rooms and all that kind of stuff so that's that's completely off limits uh for the media sometimes they'll do tours and things like that but those are not things that we uh have access to so not not really easy to kind of report on that kind of stuff, but get your thoughts on all that, Coach. Well, I've been in the, that area a lot. Not at USC. I've walked through and looked at the building, but I know exactly what happens in those areas and so on. And 
and the way you know in this in the strength and or strength training physical training and, and all of that that goes on during the off season and during the season athletes train during the season now in all sports every sport lifts weights i don't care if it's tennis or golf or whatever they all have trainers and each individual uh, assistant trainer that's uh, that works with the head trainer has as a as a sport an olympic sport that these other sports report to they have their own lifting coach who sets a nutritional program. They have a, a nutritional person that works. I think her name is Christy Morrell. She sets up all the nutritional uh, food and so on for all the individual players so that they're trying to gain weight or whatever their goals are, uh, that she sets up a, a menu for them to eat uh, that's printed out for them. Uh, as far as in the uh, football area, they have their own strength coaches that work the football team. Uh, they travel with them. They stretch the team every day. They they uh, set goals for those players, uh, and they they push them hard in the weight room. They they lift even during spring practice. They they do. Uh, and uh, are they physical? Well, there's different type of programs in which you consider being physical or flexible or quickness. You want to have a combination of all. Uh, and, of course, you train every position a little bit different than what you would train an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. You, you train uh, players to fit their position as long as what their weaknesses are and what they have to develop in their body as far as this uh, development of their areas. Uh, so it's uh, it's very technical. Everybody's on a computer. Everybody has an individual program in most cases. You know, everybody has more or less uh, not at all an individual diet, but a suggested diet that they follow. I used to call it, uh, when I was at uh, UNLV, we had a fat man's table where uh, my one of my trainers would sit at that table and actually say, you can't have this, you can't have that. This is before we had nutritionists on our staff. And they would just flat tell a guy what they could have and what they couldn't have for lunch or dinner. And... uh and uh, we did different things like that. But today it's all monitored and it's on computers and, and, and the whole thing. But it's uh, very scientific and it's done. Now, the one concern I have currently right now with the USC uh, program, strength and conditioning program, is there's been a lot of hamstrings recently. Now, when you look to the careers of different strength and conditioning coaches, you want to make sure you don't have injuries that occur the same thing over and over, high ankle sprains, uh, this, shoulders, whatever. Right now, currently, uh, with the football program, there's been a lot of hamstrings. So why are they having a lot of hamstring pulls? Well, as a head coach, I would go to our strength and conditioning coach and our training staff, and I'd say, why are we having a lot of hamstrings? What are we doing in the weight room, or what are we doing that might be uh, possibly a part of these hamstrings that we're getting pulled. So these are the things you look at and you always, as a head coach, look at to make sure that we're not injuring our players before they get on the field or we're doing something that would weaken an area where they have pulls. So these are things you have to look at all the time as far as being a head coach. And I'm trying to explain it to you, and it's hard to explain it to you, but it, but it is very... Uh, unique and every player today really is uh, closely watched all right jamal thanks for that one and coach thank you now we'll let you go
and I'll let you get off to your, your Vegas vacation or Vegas work. No, no, it's not a vacation. <laughs> Believe me. When I, when I, when I go, I, I work there. I, I move my feet. I have a lot of friends there. I got a lot of things I've got to get done. I've got, I'm going to broadcast for the spring game for UNLV. I'm going to get that done and see a lot of my former players up there and also some clients and people there. And, uh, the city of Las Vegas has always been very good to me, and I want to thank them for everything, as I do you and USC and everybody else. All right, Coach. Well, we thank you, and thanks for coming on and uh, sharing all your insights. It was great stuff. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. Have a good t- trip out to Vegas, and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks again, buddy. All right, everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Here's a quick message from our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.